go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and inventor of The Crowbar. Today's guest is a podcaster, comedian, former speechwriter for the Obama administration, and the smartest guy in every room. He's also the host of Crooked Media's popular political podcast, Hot Save America, and Love It or Leave It. Let's give a big, juicy welcome to John Lovett. Hello, John. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Solomon. I'm good. How are you? I am, first of all, the journey of you being here is, honestly, it's been wonderful because the second time I've ever done Love It or Leave It was when I was supposed to introduce my podcast the first time. <laughs> right, 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 right. But it was not allowed to be announced yet, but we still did the... <laughs> we did the gossip. Yes. We did, it, we did it outside, didn't we? We were outside yes. in the parking lot in Hollywood where we, we, were, we were recording mm-hmm. Love It or Leave It in front of a crowd because if I had to tell jokes to no one for <laughs> any more time... Going to pull pull the plug in the whole operation. Yeah, it's, uh, I understand that feeling. Uh, as someone who's done uh, stand-up comedy over Zoom, uh, the uh, t- doing ten minutes to no laughter and slowly closing your laptop is uh, pure torture. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you've definitely it was definitely like the first uh, the first inkling of the show happened there, and then it got to exist from that point on. So I want to thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm so happy to be part of uh, Juice history. You know. <laughs> Um, so the show is sort of kind of like the history of gossip. Like where's like family wise, what's the background? Yeah. So I was thinking about that question and, you know, I come from, uh, Long Island Jews. Yes. And, uh, there's a lot of intra-family gossip Mm -hmm. that we had over the years. And as I've gotten older, how I've reflected on it is that what my family had was a lot of brilliant, incredibly frustrated women who, by the bounds of how they were raised, Mm -hmm. uh, didn't really get to use what I think was, in hindsight, or even at the time I knew, but I hadn't, you know, I was a kid, like incredible intellects. These were incredibly sharp, funny smart, occasionally malignant narcissist women uh, <laughs> who were uh, uh, kind of circumscribed in what what was available to them. And so there was a lot of scorekeeping. And mm-hmm. uh, one example is so uh, um, my I had I had a grandmother who was just a larger than life personality. 
She filled every room she was in. She was incredibly sharp, incredibly funny, pretty mean. <laughs> and uh, uh, a, a, a very long memory for grievance. Uh, some Trump qualities in there, actually, um, when I look back on it. Uh, and could just be so cutting. Uh, yeah. Just would be just a very cutting person. I love uh, that though. <laughs> and she, so, so she was married to my grandfather. My grandfather was actually pretty taciturn. He was raised. So my, so my grandfather's parents met at one of New York state's first schools for the deaf. Really? Uh, it was a school for deaf people, which I, I, I believe okay. at the time didn't exist. And so his parents were both deaf. This obviously was at a time long before there were preschools. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't really feel comfortable speaking until he was older. Yeah. And as a result, he just was a very, very quiet man. Quiet, so yeah. he was this very quiet man. She was this lar loud, larger than life figure yeah. with a, you know, a penchant for vengeance. So that's, <laughs> that's one side of the family. That's my father's side of the family. Uh, then on my my mother's side, I had this great grandmother. Yeah. She was, couldn't have been five feet tall, uh, probably a hundred pounds soaking wet. I mean, just a tiny Jewish <laughs> woman would make these yeah. cookies that I would actually love to have one of these cookies right now if I could. But at the time it was like, these can't compare to the Chips Ahoy. These are, these are old country <laughs> cookies. They have no, these can't compete with, gold. you don't understand, you don't understand great grandma Ruthie. Yeah what we're doing with cookies these days, all right? Uh, <laughs> you don't understand what the Chips Ahoy people, what the Keebler people, what they figured out the brand, with cookies. The extension into adding a lot more sugar. <laughs> I'm sure these wild, wild people in the, you know, in the pail or wherever, <laughs> but, but we've, moved on, we've moved on and I'm sorry, but now I feel guilty. Now I would love to have them because oh. obviously, you know, oh. nostalgia. It's an acquired taste. It takes some time. It is. But she too was, I think, ferociously intelligent and frustrated as a person and was also, I had a similar mean streak and a similar long memory. <laughs> we used to wonder if she would keep things written down in some sort of a book yeah. because her ability to memorialize slights, to remember them forever was legendary. <laughs> so, so this is now, so this is my father's mother and my mother's grandmother, right? Two yes. people who only met on one single day, my parents' <laughs> wedding. Oh, okay. I love where this is going. <laughs> my parents get married. Yeah. Uh, 15 some odd years later, my father has a 40th birthday, a surprise party. And for whatever reason, a, a bunch of relatives were invited but uh, great grandma Ruthie lived in uh, Far Rockaway, okay. which if you if you know New York, it is hard to get to. You have to drive. It's far. Yeah. <laughs> it's far Rockaway. <laughs> but so so um, in part because I think she was a tough person to be around, often, and because it was out of the way, everyone was just like, let's not tell her. <laughs> She's not gonna Nobody, nobody was going to go out of there. For whatever reason, that for that for whatever reason, it was just it was just not the right uh, event for her. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my mother gets a call. It's it's Ruthie. Fran, why wasn't I invited to this? And everybody is racking their brains. 
trying to figure out how Ruthie heard about this backyard <laughs> surprise party that was mostly for my dad's friends. It wasn't really a to- it wasn't really a family event. It was like you know how did yeah we did, it wasn't like a big family guys it was a it was a it was, a, it was a, a friend thing but she felt slighted because she heard some members of the family had been invited, and then all of a sudden they figured it out. Bessie and Ruthie had exchanged numbers at the wedding and had been talking to each other over the intervening two decades, keeping each other apprised of what was going on in each other's sides of the family. Okay. How about that? So then... uh, Wow. They had to go pick up Ruthie. She got to come. It worked. (laughs) Well, it seemed like it would be way more dangerous to not have her there. I believe Ruthie... I'm trying, I'm honestly, as I sit here, any hesitation here is I'm trying to decide the odds that my mother hears this podcast specifically. <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'm literally trying to think about like, I'm going to retweet this into my feed. Is she going to listen? <laughs> Fuck. But so anyway, Look. Ruthie in the 1970s, just to give you a sense of Ruthie, uh, yeah. her kids got her a television for her birthday. But it was right at the time, they didn't have a lot of money. It was right at the time when you could either buy a color television or a black and white television. Yeah. It was a black and white television. She was insulted. She threw it out the window. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> out the window. Sorry. Color or nothing, said Ruthie. But she was tough. These are old country Jews. You know, she, she came here that. as a child. She's not going to, she didn't come to this country as a child with nothing but a cookie recipe and a dream. I'm to get look, a black and, and white television. Not, and a recipe that wasn't respected enough. Wasn't I threw respected the television enough. Up. <laughs> wasn't respected enough. I can almost smell the cookies. Truly, I feel it's I'm I'm now connected to the women in your family because they're very similar to the women in my family. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, oh wow. That is I love Ruthie. Well, God bless. <laughs> um, it was uh yeah, I remember uh uh <laughs> she was so tough. Like I remember, yeah. I I got I gotta stop. I can't be too harsh. I can't be too I harsh. I will, I'll stop. I'm 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 I'm, like, I'm literally all I do is just give you one cue, and you already tell me too much. <laughs> you, I think you asked me like so so so. Tell me about tell me about yourself. I'm like and then so here's another thing Ruthie did. You're like here's the things that I can't tell you about at all. So she would get you alone. She would get you alone. She would get you alone, and then she would just put a hand. She knew she yes. put a hand a, a hand around around the, like a little bit a little bit of the meat of your forearm. And then she would just tell you some things, some things it was time for you to know. The best. <laughs> I oh, that sounds fantastic. Oh my god! All right. Well, we are now fans of Ruthie in this in this podcast. Uh, but will you? Would you ever? Would you say were you ever gossip yourself when you're like, especially like growing up in like high school? You know, I, I am evolved. If yeah. someone tells me something, I am evolved, and I've always said I'm um, I'm too narcissistic to remember interesting things about people who aren't me. <laughs> so I'm not really good at retaining gossip. Um, uh, people do uh, uh, tell me things, I think because I'm harsh, but not judgmental, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think we're stricken with the same disease. I think it's just comedy in general makes people like that. Yeah. Uh, I think like I definitely, if you have a great story, I want to hear it. But yeah, if it doesn't involve me, my memory... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't <laughs> hold on to very much. Just that's the kind of the monster I am as well. Uh, <laughs> but it's I'm getting better at listening than I used to be. I think, but I think that's really with age. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I'm just kidding. I'm. G- <laughs> <laughs> 
I, there is one thing that I do know that you did, and that is something that I definitely, when I found out, I wanted to ask you about. Like, what you officiated yeah. the first ever wedding in the Obama White House, and I just want to know as much of that story as possible. Yeah, it was uh, so so. Uh, uh, two of my friends, two boys, were to get married. Yes, and they had asked me to officiate their wedding, but it was going to take place in West Virginia which didn't have marriage equality at the time. It was state by state. DC did. And I wanted to do it officially. I just thought, if you're going to have me do it, I would like to actually be the person who do it, does it. The other option was going to yeah. be, I do the fake version in the ceremony in West Virginia. Then they go down to City Hall or some whatever federal government yeah. building and get it the official documents done official with way. some stranger. And I said, no, I, I want to go through the process. Why don't I figure this whole thing out? So I did the... You want to sign the document. You deserve yes, that. Yes, <laughs> I wanted to sign the document. And so I got the, you know, whatever online... Universal Life Church. Seminary thing, <laughs> yes. yes. And then I went down to the... It was a, a couple steps. I went down to the DC building and I signed all the paperwork and I became an official... Um, uh, whatever. Officiant. Efficient. I became an official officiant <laughs> so that I could legally perform weddings in the District of Columbia, which is cool. And I wonder if still, still, still in play hasn't come up. So <laughs> we decided I was going to do it officially. And then we were talking one night about it. And we remembered that as a White House staffer, I could give tours. Yeah. So I signed them up for a tour. And we did the full tour through the West Wing and by the Oval and all the places. And then we went into the Rose Garden. And when the coast was clear, we did the ceremony. We just quietly <laughs> did the ceremony and I married them and uh -huh. they did a little kiss and then we wandered out of the Rose Garden and finished the tour and then we went back out to, uh, I think we went to a restaurant nearby and then I I, yeah. fi I signed all the paperwork and there is a documented uh, wedding contract, whatever it's called, uh, mm -hmm. uh, with the DC government that keeps track of who's married and who's not that says this wedding was performed on this date yeah. at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, <laughs> Columbia. And that was, uh, I performed the first gay wedding at the White House, which I think was a cool thing to yeah. do. And that's very cool thing to do. That's glad I got to do it. It was a little, yeah. I, you know, I, I actually, my regret to be honest is telling the story. I do regret yeah. telling it. I wish I, I wanted at some point to share that we had done it. And in hindsight, I think it would have been cooler to keep it for many years. And I, and I <laughs> now with a little bit more maturity, I was like, why did I share this so quickly after we left? I know. But uh, I was happy to do it. I was glad we did it. Little, it was not a protest. It was like a statement. Like, hey, look what we just did. Look at this cool thing we did. Like it's, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's, I would have told, I, yeah, I would be the same situation where I'd tell everybody. I'm, look, I'm not going to keep a secret for very long. <laughs> if, if especially if it, Oh, I'm an open book, too. That's if, my problem. Yeah. If it involves me, I'm going to say know, something. I know, I know, I know. I like kind of, I spent it. I was sort of like, I want to, I should, we should have saved it. It was so fun. It was such our private special thing. Yeah. But, um. How long before was, how long after was it federally passed? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it until like four or five years after, I think. Yeah. yeah. Can't do it while you can get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't do it while you get in trouble. For sure. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's so fucking cool, though. Yeah, I'd be done after that. And you, you've accomplished more since then. So I don't know. How, <laughs> it will take. It takes so little for me. I've I've not. I follow rules so strictly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, we felt like we did a little heist. 
Just like three gays, three gays on a little heist. <laughs> it was fun. And are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. They're still together. Still together. Still together. That'd be yeah, that's, yeah. that's that'd be funny. Like they're, and they're divorced now, which is weird. <laughs> Steve and Justin, Steve and Justin are their names, and they're uh, they're both they were both Eagle Scouts. I mean, just oh yeah, they're, you know, they're meant to be together forever. They're <laughs> meant to be, meant to be for sure. Eagle Scouts. <laughs> Okay, John, it's time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we get from our listeners. It is mailbag time. And so this is the part where we get to judge other people's gossip. Great. Um, <clears throat> Looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a rating system, um, and you, you we get to decide afterwards. Uh, the rating system is dry, boring. We didn't get into it, so dry. Uh, moist or fully juiced. Okay. So moist. Little tantalizing, uh, fully juiced. It's orgasmic. It's salacious. We are okay. big fans of it. Okay. And here is the first piece of gossip. I discovered that my coworker has an OnlyFans. He used to come work with bruises, and a mutual coworker would ask what happened, and he wouldn't answer. But I knew what happened. <laughs> what? <laughs> that okay? It ends right there. It's a very abrupt, small. So, but right, but so just, wow. just, but they, they, they skipped a step there. So we're what 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 they're saying is I saw that they get bruises. They do things that results in bruising yeah. on their OnlyFans. Yeah, there's not enough detail, uh, which is unfortunate. Right. Right. Yeah, I it's I I'm gonna have to give this unfortunately, this is gonna be dry because I don't know what's going on and it's yeah, not enough detail. I think it's dry. I think it's dry. I think you had yeah. a chance because it involves OnlyFans. But this was so um yeah. de desexed and kind of uh, um I'm, yeah. I'm just sort of all I know about is bruising, and that doesn't. I'm not. That's not exciting to me. I'm not interested in this. Yeah, I need. I need to know what what occurred. Are they being like? I've I've watched plenty of, of content only fans that would lead to bruising. That is not terrible. So okay. I would like to know what that means. Yeah, we just need more information. Uh, unfortunately, we need more information. I think that's. I think uh, people have to understand. Uh, I love you all, but brevity is not something I need for gossip. You can give me every insane detail you have. <laughs> every detail you need. To make the story good, I, I will. I I just build a story, and it'll make me so happy. Um, but yeah, if you want to resubmit, please do. I would love to hear what the rest of that tale is. Um, but here's the next okay. submission. Okay, twenty three and Me has created chaos on both sides of my in laws' families. On my mother in law's side, a woman who was adopted at birth learned that she was my mother in law's niece and reached out. The tricky part is my mother-in-law's brothers are both dead and the birth mom is also dead, so no one knows which brother is the father. What? Uh, then, on my father-in-law's side, a cousin did test and found out her father was not actually her birth father. She convinced her older sister to do a test too, and they do have the same father, just not the one they've known. At least their mom was loyal to her affair partner, I guess. Again, everyone is dead, so no one really knows the story. Very scandalous for my conservative in-laws, and I love it. Wow, so that's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so so first of all, I don't know about you, but I really struggle with a, with a family tree I have to draw on my own mind. I had trouble yeah. following what I was hearing. Uh, that's yes. my first note. Uh, second note question is... A lot of assumptions in the second half of that story that yeah. it was the result of an affair, especially if everyone is dead. There were plenty of uh, couples, if they maybe couldn't conceive, yeah. would quietly turn to a solution. Yeah. Everyone would keep secret because at the time, the if it was a if 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 it was about finding a sperm donor of some kind, 
the men might go for it and just not want anyone to know, right? So we don't know the details. Okay. Yeah. We don't, we, that was, I maybe yeah. more information they're not sharing with us, but it was presented to us as an assumption. Here's, here's the thing. I, when I, when I share gossip, even if I don't know something, I will just be sure of it. For sure. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> I think here's the thing. It's like, I love these stories and they're wonderful. And I think all we have to do is, all she has to do is be like, and this is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love 23andMe stories. So for me, this is, I'll put it in the middle category of moist. Yeah, it's moist. Uh, it's a moist. It's a moist. A friend of mine had signed up for 23andMe years and years ago. Yeah. Having thought nothing of it and received no interesting information, but had an open account. And then one day they are sitting on their couch watching television and they get a boop and they look on their phone and it says, you have... 23, 23 me and says, whatever, I've, I don't have 23 me, but it says something like, yeah. you have a new connection on or new relative on 23 me, opens it up and <laughs> finds out her father is not her biological father. Just from a random email, just says 50% match, this is your father. Wow. Having no inkling, knowing no information, never heard about it before. And to this person's great credit, they don't have in part because it turns out that biologically they weren't as Jewish as they thought. Uh, the same kind of anxiety yeah. that I would have brought to a situation like that, where like for me, I would have ruminated on it, figured out what to do, been freaked out, not sure who to call, not sure whether yeah. to raise it, would have had to have four conversations. She saw it, <laughs> immediately picks up her phone. She calls her mother and leaves a message that says, it's me, call me when dad's not around. Oh, which I think is cool, just instant. That's and it turns out that uh, they had had trouble conceiving and had used uh, a, a sperm donor, but it was on the condition oh. of it not being shared, and they just kept it a secret. But her whole life, she was she was she is taller than her parents. She is <laughs> her hair color is different than her parents. She has a completely different temperament than her father, and she they, it was mm -hmm. always she was always a bit of an outlier. And then, of course, she finds out who her biological father is, and they look alike, sound alike. Yeah. Uh, and it was this, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, that's why I don't have any of your problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think we, usually when they pick sperm donors, they usually they, they pick superheroes of human beings. And you're like, well, they're not going to look like it. <laughs> but, hey, 23 Me doesn't work in my family because we just kept our history because we're stayed in the same country for <laughs> thousands of years. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's... Uh, nice. Not much to tell. And also my family doesn't keep any secrets. So there's really every affair I've already heard before I was 10. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I just have no interest in that. I don't like how they have some company logging my information. I don't know what I, like what, what comfort I would get from knowing what my percentage was. Yeah. I, I've already committed to what I already believe I am. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I think, yeah. Again, please, more details or at least lie to me. Confirm for me. I don't. I'm fine. I'm fine with a lie. I'm. I. I, I don't mind at all. I'm fine I, with a lie. We've all and we've yeah, always said that easily. <laughs> lie to me. Uh, <laughs> and that's the mailbag. Thank you so much for sending in your mail. Okay, John. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the juice line. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. 
Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with the insightful and delightful John Lovett. All right, John, now's the time on our show when we go to the phone, we call it the juice line, and I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Greg. Let's patch him in. Please hold. Thank you. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for hopping on. Um, I'm here with the wonderful John Lovett. Hi, Greg. Hi, John. It's great to see you. And clearly you have a good piece of gossip and we are, we are the right audience for it. Uh, so please, please share away. Yeah. Um, so I have some juicy high school show choir gossip yes. that I hope you are ready for and enthusiastic about. <laughs> please. Okay. Um, so yes. So I grew up in a medium sized town is how I would describe it in the Midwest. And, uh, and show choir was very big in our school um, and, and in the larger area as well. This was in the era before, just before Glee came on the scene, like yeah. I think like four or five years before Glee came on the scene and kind of, um, you know, made it ironic and, 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 and sort of made a joke of show choir. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of earnest energy that went into the show choir program at our school. And we, and we had a very good arts program. We did you know, the the one-act competitions and three other productions right. a year, which uh, we had a theater that seated most of the school when it needed to, like about 1,500 people or something wow, like that. Wow, that's... Okay. This is a show choir school. <laughs> this was a show choir school, yeah. And okay. uh, and we had a show choir that... Uh, we had three show choirs. So there was a... Whoa. Uh, there was a all-girls one. Um, and then we had a junior varsity show choir mm-hmm. and a varsity show mm-hmm. choir. And the varsity show choir had... Um, a name I won't get into. I don't want, you know, the <laughs> identification. Can you just on the name? Just can you give us a name that evokes the same feeling as the name, but is not the mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Um, the Cutting Edge. Nice. Okay. Good, good. Like, I, it had a, that's not it, but it had a name that like could also be the name of like a salon in a strip mall okay. that still has up the like line drawing 80s glamour art, you know? I love that. Um and is the varsity team the varsity team co-ed? Yes. And that was the team to be on. Yes. Was that the one you wanted to be on? Yes. Yeah. And so the the basically the 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 third one the the all female one was spillover because more girls wanted to be on the choirs than the boys. Is that the issue? I would characterize that as as the sort of the the. Why do you yeah. answer like a lawyer? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> There's no one here to judge you. It's gonna be okay. Where's this story gonna go? Um, <laughs> there are, I, I guess, there are some sort of like legal entanglements that come in this story. So, oh, okay. so this is a, right. this is a story. This is not about like I, I feel like focusing on the like in, interpersonal yeah. gossip of the members of any yeah. show choir is like 
not that juicy. Like that would not be that interesting. Yeah. But this actually comes down to the leadership of the show choir. Oh. So the powers that be. Uh, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and and the higher powers uh, that get involved yeah. as well. All right. So I came I came up in the Bush administration, the the nine eleven Bush administration. Yep. Um, where things were like very locked down, like abstinence only education was like yes. a very big thing, very like a fundamentalist patriotic yeah. era. Um, and we had a very like evangelical director of our choir that we'll call uh, Miss Salisbury, uh, Mrs. Salisbury. That's important. Fantastic pseudonym. Thank you so uh-huh. much. Um, so we'll call her that. And and uh, Mrs. Salisbury was really, like, again, very evangelical. Um, this was a public school, but like we okay. were praying before concerts. We were praying like before show choir, you know, competitions, which we, there was a season yeah. of show choir where like six weekends in a row, we would all pile into a bus um, and there would be a cargo truck behind us, wh- which had our props. Wow. Like there was a song called Supper Time, which is from the Charlie Brown musical. <laughs> You're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and we did, to really yeah. place this in time, I think it's important that you know that we pulled out like kitchen gear from from this this sort of like cargo set. And we did a stomp break in the middle of the song. Of course you did. These, you know, 16 and 17 year old Midwesterners smacking yeah. colanders on the ground and then drumming on them with spoons. It's hard for people uh, outside of our generation to understand the importance, the cultural relevance of stomp, of, <laughs> of, of people banging pots and pans mm-hmm. on, broad, on literal Broadway. Uh, yeah. That this, this was everywhere. This was important. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple people said, what if we paint ourselves blue and do stomp? And people said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't, I'm going to orgasm. It's too good. <laughs> it's too exciting. What if drumming was also a trombone? Yeah. Um, so yeah so we so like this is an elaborate production there were multiple costume changes there were like quick release velcro costumes that would be pulled (laughs) off um, and then and then replaced Um, we did uh, a song from Lion King with absolutely zero black members in the choir uh, and I, I already felt that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Just, yep. Um, that was the the atmosphere we were in. Um, but the Christianity was always at the edges of yeah. like we're praying before shows, and there was a lot of body shaming. Um, Mrs. Salisbury was was quoted saying, "Tan fat looks skinnier than pale fat" to some of the girls in the choir. Wow, that's tough. Okay. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, so this was a high intensity situation, and like we'd go. Yeah, to that's these, what that means. That's a good term for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, high, <laughs> unpleasantly high intensity. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I will tell you, like as a, uh, you know, a man of size on the choir, I yeah. did not receive this feedback. Like I was not encouraged to go in and tan. I was just fine doing the ZZ Top medley, like as I was. Um, oh wow, that's a whole another. All right, that's a window. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, we had a ZZ Top medley. My senior year, we had a Michael W. Smith medley. Who is that? He's sort of like a Christian Huey Lewis, is what I would characterize him as. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So we did a, a medley. One of the songs was called "Picture Perfect." One of the songs was called "Love Crusade." which is a real oxymoron of terms. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah. And I worked my way through this, the program and, and you know, eventually graduated. And, and like I said, my senior year was Michael W. Smith, which felt like 
a real yeah. a real sort of robbery because I knew that the cool school from the nearby big city they got to do eye to eye and stand out from a goofy movie. Wow. Oh, Powerline? Yes. Oh my God, I would. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's tough for you. Yeah, it was tough. Um, so the year after I I graduated and, and had moved to college, I started hearing rumblings about like some room and rumors about what had happened back at school regarding Mrs. Salisbury. Um, and what had happened was this. Um, this is where the the gossip comes in. Um, she had had a, a lengthy um, kind of email thread mm-hmm. that was living on her school account. And, uh, and that email thread was, in fact, an affair. She was having oh. an affair through the school email. Mm-hmm. Um, she, and again, a very evangelical <sighs> person, had a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently what occurred is that this was in the day of the, you know, the sort of translucent plastic Apple iMacs, the all-in-one, and yeah. and and it was the Command S got mixed up with the Command P mm-hmm. or something. I don't know exactly what happened, but the default print command was entered, Ooh. and the default printer was in the receptionist's office. Oh. So this lengthy email thread consisting of an affair, apparently I've heard consistent again rumblings and not confirmed. I was I was yeah. a couple hundred miles away. But apparently there were like pictures in the email thread, which like at this time was, was not like send it from your phone. This was like, you've got to take yeah. it with a camera. You've got to pull up the memory card, put it in, you know, mm-hmm. like there's... Could have scanned it. Could have scanned it. Could have scanned, scanned it. it. Yeah, scanned absolutely. Involved. Scanned it. Scanned mm-hmm. it. But apparently wow. there were pictures and this whole thread printed out at the receptionist's office. <laughs> um, and the receptionist uh, do yeah. what people do when things get printed to their computer. They picked it up and saw this lengthy evidence of this like... Uh, this torrid affair that was, you know, this sexting exchange, this lengthy sexting yeah. exchange, basically, that was occurring over school computers and, and network. Um, and uh, her husband worked at the school as well, yeah. Mr. Salisbury. Yeah. Uh, of course, Mr. yeah. Salisbury yes. also worked mm-hmm. at the school. Of course he did. Yes, yeah. yes, Of course yes. he did. <laughs> and he was a, that makes the most sense. And he was a coach. Uh, he was a coach with, uh, with one of the sports teams. And... Wow. Uh, and he was, I I think he was, I hear he was called to the office, uh, and I hear that there was a sort of confrontation, you know, like, I I don't know exactly what was addressed. Obviously, like the, the determination was made, like you, you've been using school time and school resources. And, and, and so she was soon no longer employed. Um, and, uh, and really just kind of like brought down the whole, the whole kit and caboodle with the musical program. And, And this, this, you know, propped up kind of evangelical tent that she was also kind of unofficially operating in the choir room. <laughs> now, uh, uh, one thing you seem to have admitted, yeah. perhaps with purpose, is the person with whom she was having the affair. Was yeah. this another person at the school? Was mm-hmm. this uh, a tenor? Like, what, what, are we, yeah. what are we talking about? Yeah, what's, what's the information we're missing? Nothing, nothing illegally scandalous, um, but oh, it, okay. I'm glad that you picked up on that, John, because <laughs> the person that she was having this torrid and lengthy affair with was a former student. Was, was a former. Was I, I, I'm not going to like qualify worse or that that would be terrible. Um, uh, was a judge of the competitions. Oh, that's not worse. Oh. No, it's not okay, worse. Let's be clear. That's not that's worse. That's not worse. No, it would be a lot worse if it were a former so student. She Absolutely. Has been having an affair with a person that was judging the very team on you. The cutting edge was being judged 
by yes. someone with whom Mrs. Salisbury was carrying on a romantic affair, a tryst, if you will. That's called yeah. cheating. The cutting it to, to borrow from I think you should leave. Like you didn't have to do the oral. Like, yeah. you know, when there's a scandal in the So she not only was cheating, but she was also cheating. Yeah, no, it was somebody somebody who like regularly judged our the the cutting edge at our like big competitions <laughs> that the school had dedicated a lot of money to like rent a bus wow. and travel us to. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of uh, and and do all the buy all the costumes and all these you know the uh, all the sort of things that went along with being in show choir the salt and vinegar mm-hmm. that you would like uh, mix into hot water and gargle so that your voice would sound good like all of that stuff <laughs> wow um, uh, yeah this was, is was all was all compromised did it co- oh, yes and w- what kind of society is this if we're not going to be able to accept the results of of fair judging. <laughs> Show choir competition <laughs> somewhere between Denver and Cleveland. Uh, yep, it's in there. It's in there somewhere. Did yep. it call? Did and we're not saying where. Yeah. yeah. Where was any of? Did any of this leave the bounds of the school and become a broader show choir scandal, calling into question any victories? Yeah. 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 I think. I think there were some actual like results that were invalidated oh, wow. as a result. I think maybe trophies had to be returned wow. or, or like, oh. or, you know, passed to the next school in line. Like did, <gasps> clearly we unfairly took yeah. the win from the team that had the goofy movie songs. Right. So like we had to send. Oh, a, so you get, do you beat them? I don't think, well, no, I, I just, I was just saying that as an example, but, but we definitely beat yeah. the team that like had an all newsies set. So maybe right. they picked up a trophy from oh, us okay. because of this, this controversy. Wow. Wow, but none of your none of your victories were called into question. No, I think they were. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's sad for the whole. That's sad. I think it was ongoing. Yeah, I think it was ongoing for a number of years. Oh wow. And and, and like under Mrs. Salisbury's sort of influence, you know, in the culture of of high school Midwest show choirs was on sort of a meteoric rise. You know, yeah. of, of like making making news and and making waves and everything and and like. Members getting sent wow. off in mass to show choir camps, right? Because a school will have a, a school will have a teacher. Like I, like I was on Syosset High yeah. School. Incredible, mm-hmm. incredible speech and debate coach, mm-hmm. and she was a force because she just put together. She did such a great job of training. Like so, a school will have a teacher like that that will gain a reputation. But Mrs. Salisbury mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Uh, she cared a little too much. She fought a little too hard. She wanted the medal. <laughs> wanted a, she wanted those medals, and nothing was going to stand in her way. And in, in a lot of ways, maybe that's something we should applaud, except in every way but one, right? <laughs> when you think about it, yeah, yeah. The, 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 there was a, a real eye of the tiger mentality to to win it, win it, <laughs> win at any cost. You know, put out hundred ten percent, leave nothing on the field. All those yeah. cliches, right? I'm amazed that this happened. It's every perfect aspect of what I I expected here about a show choir. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like so, when when Glee came around, I was like, "Oh, this is tame. Yeah, nobody's fucking anyone. Like this isn't. <laughs> You're not cheating <laughs> by fucking a judge. Wait, I've actually not watched very much of Glee, so I can't confirm whether or not that happens on this show. That definitely could have come up <laughs> at a later in a later season that I might have missed I, out I, on. I can't confirm or unconfirm. I can just believe you <laughs> uh, that that you have a better story. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wild story, yeah. And I get the sense that everyone like came out of it in better places. Everyone's in new situations, you know, and yeah. the split seems to have resolved at the end amicably and everything. 
but as somebody who like really prickled against the kind of like abstinence only education and and the things yeah. and, and the, the purity culture like there was a culture of purity like in yeah. the show choir as well i grew up in the 90s i'm 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 familiar yeah, with it sure <laughs> i had a promise right wow. to god for my virginity what a weird thing to do <laughs> Wow. Yeah, we had a we had something come through that was like a motorbike and stunt show called the Silver Ring thing that was all about like pledging yourself to be abstinent in a public school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty focused right now on whether I have enough information to go to the internet and get to get to the news coverage. Did it make did this make news? Did this hit the did this hit the papers? Did this hit the local press? I did do like a like a, a cursory Google and and I, I don't yeah. think it did. I think the school kept it pretty quiet. I think it was a quiet resignation. Oh wow, wow! So it got swept under the rug by big show choir. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is the sort of like spotlight too is going to be about this. They knew. Uh, <laughs> they knew all along. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much, Gregor, for calling. That is such a great piece of gossip, and I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I love the show. Nice to see you, Greg. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. <laughs> you too. Take care. Wow. Oh, wow. I was very interested in that. I've never been that invested in show choir until this very moment. That was that was fantastic. We, we were inside of Glee for a moment. I really appreciated that story. Honestly, and I appreciate you for being here because that's this is it. That's it. This is that's this all the end of the episode. And I truly, you're such. You're such a wonderful person. I do love doing your podcast so damn much. And it's always such a good time. We love having you on. I love being on your podcast. What a dream this has been. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. <laughs> Thank you so much to the amazing John Lovett for joining me on today's episode. Be sure to check out his podcast, Pod Save America, and Love It or Leave It from Crooked Media. As always, if you want to tell your story on The Juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Please remember to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Give us all those stars. They're always loved and appreciated. And thank you so much for listening. And you know what? Have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.